Father, we just thank you for the privilege to come before you and just receive your word. We thank you that, Lord, this word will minister to our hearts and to our lives. We ask you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. amen. So we're starting a series called Discipleship. You go like, isn't that old-fashioned, Pastor Chuck? Discipleship. Do they do that anymore? Or was that just, did that leave when the apostles and the disciples passed away? Well, you might say it's outdated, but when Jesus was here and uh, when they had all, let's see the scripture. When uh, Jesus had died, he rose from the dead, he was going to go back to heaven, and he talks to his disciples. And he says this, what? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Like Charles was saying, go is a what? Action verb. Not just sit around, be cool, relax. He said, go, go ye into all the world. Now, go, uh, in, in, if you look at the, uh, the uh, grammar, there's something missing. It's called a dangling participle. It's, the you is understood. Go ye is the way the King James said it. So go is meaning what? You all. You talking to me? <laughs> you, are you talking to me? <laughs> go ye, go, you go, therefore, and make what? disciples. Now, when you say the thing at your deathbed or as you're leaving, it has some importance, doesn't it? If you're on your deathbed and you're getting ready to go, you don't say things like, don't forget to take out the trash on Monday night, right? <laughs> you don't say, don't forget to water the lawn on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. You don't say those kinds of things, do you? You say something very important and dear to your heart. So Jesus said, go into all the world and just talk about Jesus. That's all I want you to do. Just talk about him, preach the word. No, make disciples. What's it, what does it mean to make a disciple? It means to bring someone alongside of you and teach them and tell them about the Lord. I do a discipleship program at APU. They know the, they know the importance of it, where you sit down eyeball to eyeball and help people get through things in life. So my question to you is, do you have a disciple? Do you have someone that you're teaching and bringing along in the things of the Lord? If you're not, you're not doing the command that Jesus has asked you to do. Go ye into all the world and baptize them and make them disciples, uh, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. What does that mean? To the very end, to the end of your life, I'm going to be with you and helping you to make disciples. That means when you're in your senior's home or wherever you're at, you can still reach over and say, you know what, do you know about Jesus? Let me tell you a little bit about him. You know, I, I, I visit people in the hospitals, and they have, they're witnessing and ministering to the people that are in the beds next to them. And when I come, they say, Pastor, uh, can you pray for me? They ask me, can you pray for me? Of course, yes. Why? Because we're teaching them and bringing them along in the things of the Lord. And how can we do this? Why can we do this? Because he says, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you the words to say. Don't be ashamed. Don't worry about you won't have the thing. Just speak from your heart, and the Lord will take what's in your heart and give it to them. Praise God. So uh, I, uh, uh, like I said, I went to ordination service on this Friday. Uh, Charlie and Jeannie were with me. And so they, had some, they spoke some words over me that I was going to be like Caleb. You remember Caleb in the Bible? Caleb was one of the 12 spies that went into the promised land. Moses sent them out to go and, and spied out and see if they could take the land. And 10 of them came back and said, no, there, there's giants over there. It's too big. It's too much. We can't do it. 
And Caleb and Joshua said, oh, no, 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 no. We are well able because we have the Lord. Let's go right now. But they gave in to the 10 people that were looking at the circumstances. Are you looking at the circumstances? I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I can't talk very good. I don't know what to say. I'm afraid. Is that what we think? No. So Caleb and Joshua were the only two that said, we are well able. But God uh, got mad because they took the 10 uh, spies report, and they said, we can't take it. And you know what God said? Hmm. <laughs> he said, y'all are not even going in because you said it. I'm going to wait until you all die, and then I'm going to take your kids in. Pretty serious, isn't it? <laughs> God does not like unbelief. He doesn't like people not believing that they can do something. Are you like those 10 spies? I can't do it. I'm not able. I don't know how to. No. Let's go. So Caleb waited 40 years until all them people died off. And then Caleb comes to Moses and says, okay, I'm able. I'm ready now. He's 80 years old. He says, I'm as strong now as I was when I was 40. Give me the mountain. I'm going to take it. And they said, that's the way I am. I'm not 80, but. <laughs> but I feel as strong today as I did when I first got saved. I'm ready to move ahead. And the prophecy was that young people were going to start coming. Not that you're not young. But the young people are going to start coming. And they're not going to be able to keep up with me because I'm going to be so excited and ready to move ahead and take that mountain. Okay? Now, we need you all, too, to be excited and have the wisdom of God in what you do. So we can take the mountain. We can go ahead. But even as I think Charles was looking at my notes because uh, we do live in a, live in a spectator uh, society. Why? We watch TV, we listen to the radio, we go to concerts and movies and theater and baseball games, and what do we do? We just sit there and watch. Here, let's see a picture of somebody. There they are. Thousands of people watching nine people play softball. <laughs> or play baseball, I mean. We played softball last week, and thank God we had no injuries. Hallelujah. We had some almost injuries. You know, people doing a three-point landing in the first base. But what, the only exercise they get, <laughs> no names, please. <laughs> uh, of course. Come on. Yeah. No, we won. Not that I was trying to win or anything. <laughs> Allie's girl said, Pastor Chuck is so competitive. She said, hello. <laughs> but, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm a little more mature about it, you know. It's not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game. Praise the Lord. So these, these people are, are in the stands. And uh, so, so, but doing nothing, the only exercise they get is going up to the snack bar. That's about it. They get the hot dog and a drink. They come back, they're pooped, they're tired, you know. Third inning, fourth inning, they've eaten everything they need to eat, and so they're just sitting there watching. Now, let's see. Do you want to just be in the stands, or do you want to take the field? I'd rather play than watch, wouldn't you? You know, we play, we play uh, basketball on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and sometimes guys say, I want to sit home and watch the game. We go like, are you crazy? sit and watch the game when you can get out and play? So as Christians, do we want to just sit and watch or do we want to get out and play and go ye into all the world? Amen? Yes. Teaching people. So what does it mean to be a disciple? 
Is it more than just wearing a cross? Is it more than just having a picture of Jesus on the wall? Is it more than just having a scripture on your refrigerator? Oh, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord. On your bumper sticker, right? That's all good, but there's more to that. It's, it has a, a far broader meaning. It's more in-depth and more of a commitment to be a disciple taught of the Lord. Let's see, what is the definition of a disciple? Let's look at it here. It means to be a learner, a pupil, a student, a follower, an admirer, a devotee, proponent, an advocate, an upholder. See, we're always learning about Jesus. Every day we learn more and more, don't you? If you're not learning, guess what? You're not following. You're not being a disciple. You're not letting him teach you. You know, I hang around uh, great men of God, and they teach me stuff, and I said, I didn't know the Lord could do that. You mean you can believe God for that? Yes, you can. He can do anything, yes. So uh, disciple is where we get the word discipline, right? To learn, you have to be disciplined. You have to get up in the morning, read your Bible, pray, ask the Lord, what do you want me to do today? You, you have to discipline yourself like these guys right here. Let's see, these guys right here. That's discipline, right? Yes, sir, attention. Lord, what would you have me to do? See, to be a disciple, you have to be conscious of things. You have to pay attention to detail. You have to be determined to know about the things of the Lord. You have to be inquisitive. You have to be committed. In uniform, you have to be in sync. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are soldiers, excuse me, in the army. Not, not like this guy. Let's see this guy. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll go to church when I feel like it. Maybe I'll give, I don't know, just depends. Maybe I'll witness, maybe I'll tell, I don't know, it just depends on how I feel. Will I come to the all church move day? I, I don't know. You just have to wait to see how I feel when I wake up. <laughs> just wandering through life not knowing what to do. How can that person be a disciple of the Lord? Amen? You, you can't be that way. Let's look at Okay, Matthew 10, 24. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. So if we want to be like Jesus, guess what we have to be? A servant like he is. Jesus goes about and does things for people. He helps people, right? Are we doing that or are we just laying back, doing whatever we feel like doing? So we have to be disciples taught of the Lord. Jesus said what I came not to be served, but to serve others. So every day you should think about what can I do, Lord, to serve someone? What can I do to be a difference and make a difference in their life? Let's look at this in John 8, 31, this next scripture. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You want to be his disciples? Abide in his word. Let the word of God just flow through you, be a part of you. Let it guide and direct you in all that you do. If you're going to do something, say, wait a minute, the word says I'm not supposed to do that. Then I need to readjust and change my thinking and not do that. Praise the Lord. 
in the Word of God is all the principles of life. When I first got saved and I read the Bible, I said, this is wonderful. You mean God Almighty is talking to us and telling us what we're supposed to do, how he feels about us, how much he loves us, how much he wants to heal, heal us and prosper us? This is great news. I got so excited that God loves us unconditionally. Don't you get excited about that? Don't you want to tell someone else about what God can do? Praise the Lord. I found out that God is patient with us. That's a miracle right there, isn't it? Are you patient with others? Or you tell them one time, if they don't get it, they're off. They're out. I told them he shouldn't act like that. But no, they keep doing it over and over. You know, being patient is not just like for one day or for one week or one month. It's a continuation of believing that people are going to change because you can't change them anyway. You think God is, you know, uh, impatient up there? He waits. How long did he wait for you to get saved? How long did he wait for you to start doing the things that you're supposed to do? Duh! <laughs> when are you going to get it together? But God is what? Long-suffering, patient with us. And we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. So we, we're carriers of truth. We're carriers of the Word of God. Uh, Pastor Charlie was telling me that he has an experience with one of his relatives that, need, that was needed healing, wasn't in this area, but he got on the phone and, and talked to them. Come on, tell us, Charlie, what, what, what you do? I'm patient, Charlie. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. It's working now, she said. All right. Here, Charlie. I don't want to stand above the pastor. Okay, that's a good idea, Charlie. You have to get way low, Charlie, because I'm not that. <laughs> good morning. Uh, my uh, cousin's wife, who lives in Arkansas, has lymphoma cancer. And he's been battling now for a couple of years. And uh, they have to drive about 100 miles for his treatment. And this is three times a month. So he says, I'm going to give up. He quit his treatment. I was talking to him. And I got this out of a book I was reading about healing. It says, in the name of Jesus, I command electrical and chemical frequencies in every cell in your body to be in harmony and in balance and to digest the bad cells. I sent that to him. He says it every day, twice a day. And he went back to the doctor. His red blood count is normal. His white blood count, a little bit elevated. So it takes the word of Jesus. You command it in Jesus' name, not your name. And you have to have faith. Believe that Christ will heal you. It says in Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripe we are healed. And we claim it in Jesus' name. Amen. Very good, Charlie. The word works. Amen. The word is true. Now, we, ha we can't pick and choose which words we're going to believe. We have to believe the whole Bible right? Now, I told you a story last week how Thomas Jefferson would cut out parts of the Bible that he didn't like. 
And so his Bible looked like this. So you want to skip around that little thing right there. Don't do that right there. He didn't think that they were accurately telling what the Lord was saying because it didn't, he didn't like it in his life. Let me check your Bibles. You got all, everything is, all the pages are in there. I want to make sure you got, are you doing everything in the Bible? When you get to something, you go, uh-oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I can remember when I first got saved, I actually, before I got saved, they, I, they said I have to, you know, stop being with, with ladies, with girls, you have to, you know, abstain. I said, where is that in the Bible? And they go, right, right here. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but then when my life really went downhill, I said, I'll take it all. I want it all in my life. Even if I have to do that to please the Lord, that's what I want to do. So whatever you're doing, you know, say, well, I, 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 I'm saved. I go to the church once in a while. I pray sometimes, you know. I'm good to people when I feel like it, when it fits into my agenda and my time plan. My, or, you know, how many of you know God, if he's the Lord of your life and you're his disciple, if he tells you to go, you go. If he tells you to do something, you do it. And if you do that, he'll reward you. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at this next scripture. In Luke 14, 26 and 27, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciples. Can you imagine how many times Jesus is talking about, I want you to be my disciple in the Bible? I don't want you just to be saved. I don't want you just to call on me. I need you to learn, be a learner, be a pupil, understand the ways of the Lord. And whoever does not bear his cross, how many of you know bearing a cross is not easy? It's not fun. Everything, oh, this is just, you know, nice Christianity. No, bearing a cross means you have to put up with people. People that rub you the wrong way, that say things, that cheat on you and, you know, take from you and all this kinds of stuff. Say bad things about you. You still have to, what, bear your cross. You have to be a, what, shock absorber. The hardness of the road, the hardness of their personality, you have to make up the difference and say, I'll take it in and I'll be the one to make up the difference. Praise God. That's being a disciple of the Lord. Jesus, when they were to persecute him, what? He held his tongue, held his mouth. He didn't strike back at him. What are we doing? We have to do the same thing. Praise the Lord. Take up his cross. So that word hate does not mean hate. It means the level of priority or the level of preference that you put on things. So you, you value God more than your brother or your sister, your father, your mother, whatever. You do those things. Praise God. So let's look at Luke 16, 24, the next scripture. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's a lifestyle of sacrifice. It's not all easy and fun. We have to absorb the hard things of life. Okay, let me get to this part right here. Romans 1, 16. The next one. Romans 1, 16. Now, this is where we're going to get a little touchy, okay? Can you handle it? Are you ready? Okay. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and to the Gentile. Is that right? Now, we used to hear this. Did you ever used to hear this? Keep your religion to yourself. Don't talk. Don't spread it. Don't talk about it. Just be quiet, right? 
just be quiet. Don't, don't talk about, we don't talk about religion here. I know at Kaiser we weren't supposed to talk about religion, but <laughs> hey, come on. But Jesus didn't die privately where nobody could see him. He didn't preach his messages only in the enclosed confines of the synagogue and the temple. He went out into the public, into the streets, into the countryside. He didn't only heal in the temple, he went in the streets and ministered to the people. Amen? Disciples are not ashamed to share their beliefs in public. People need to know about the good news. Let's see how Jesus was doing here. Jesus was talking to the people, not in the temple, in the countryside where they needed to hear it. Where are we supposed to talk to them? Oh, come to church and I'll tell you about Jesus. No, you need Jesus right now. Let me help you in your situation, exactly what you're going through. Let's see Jesus again. He's healing in the public area. Amen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I prayed for Allie for salvation, not in church, not even in our, our uh, work, in the parking lot <laughs> where nobody could see, where we could be un uninterrupted. She accepted the Lord in the parking lot. Amen. I know Arturo, our other friend, I, I, I prayed for him in the parking lot behind a pillar. <laughs> and he said, wow, he came out of there. He started talking to people. I just, I just, I just received the Lord. Praise the Lord. I feel so good. Oh, my God. You got to receive the Lord. Oh, it's so wonderful. Oh, my God. Have you accepted? Let me tell you about it. And he went around the whole floor, the floor above, the floor beyond, the the, the building next door, he wouldn't stop. People kept coming up to me and go, what did you tell Arturo? Man, he is just a, a changed man. He's a different kind of guy. But I, I didn't do anything. I prayed. Jesus changed him, all right? So I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the world is not ashamed of what they believe in. They express their beliefs. They advertise it. They market it. They wear it. They say it. They're flamboyant about it. They boast about it. They, are not, they could care less whether we like it or not. I'm not going to say what things they believe in, but you know, you hear it all the time on TV and everywhere. But see, we, we can't be undercover Christians. We, we can't be silent Christians. We can't be like, uh, have you seen a Christian lately? I haven't seen one. <laughs> like when you go whale watching, did you see the what? I saw, I think it looked like a fin. I can't tell if it was or not. There was a splash. It could have been a whale. I'm not sure. It's not the season for them right now. <laughs> Does they say that? About, have you seen a Christian? No, I think that guy might be, a, he might be a Christian. But it's not the time of the season. Usually Christmas, they usually come out in Christmas time. <laughs> we can't be that way. Praise the Lord. Disciples are individual. They are visible, not hidden, not secret. There shouldn't be any secret agent Christians. They should be spotted and visible. Do they, have, they have a message. They have a vision. They affect society. They are affected by what they do, and they are affected for a cause. Jesus said what? I have come to seek those that are lost. Now, Jesus was very popular in his day. Did you know that? But he wasn't trying to be popular. Crowds and multitudes followed him, but he wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He challenged them. He challenged their beliefs, their commitments, their expectations. 
I'm not saying that we have to be confrontational, but we should plant seeds into people's lives, shouldn't we? We should, make, we should be able to say something. They, they shouldn't be so surprised that you're a, you're a Christian? Really? I didn't know that. Please. <laughs> you didn't know that? You've been, I've known you for a year. You didn't know? No, I never heard Jesus come out of your mouth. I never heard God. I never heard any. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing. In fact, I don't think you've ever talked about God. I said that to one, one girl, and she got back at me. She waited like two weeks, and then she, I told that to her. And then two weeks later, she said it to me. Oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Oh, please, give me a break. <laughs> I, got, I got my Bible. I pray for people. I talk about the Lord. It should be our lifestyle. It should be our talk, our walk, our behavior. Our actions have to be depicted in what we believe. Amen? We're not part-time Christians either. Not sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, when things are going good, in some places, in some, some places that we're at. We have to be disciples all the time when we're at work, when we're at home, when we're driving our car, when we're in our neighborhood, when we're in our gym. We can't take time off. We're not, we can't slow down, back off, relax, take a sabbatical. Even when you're sleeping, you've got to be a Christian. The devil will come in here and try to get you. <laughs> I used to say, I need to put angels on the four corners of my bed so that when I go to sleep, I'm protected. And I have to have dreams of Jesus. Did you know that? And all throughout the day, you pick up stuff throughout the day of things that get into your spirit, and then you'll dream about them at night. So you have to be careful. The Bible says what? Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So if you're putting the word of God in you and thinks about Jesus, then at night you're going to start thinking about him. Praise the Lord. Okay, last uh, couple of scriptures. Here's Jesus dancing, praise the Lord. Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, how now much more in absence work out your salvation, your own salvation, with fear and trembling. What does that mean? you got to work it out. You can't say, my mom is a Christian. <laughs> I go to New Heart Church once in a while. No, you have to work. What's inside of you has to be worked out. You know, a, a baseball player, they practice a lot. They learn how to be a good baseball player. It, they, they don't just walk up to the plate and, oh, I hit a, I hit a home run. How'd that happen? <laughs> no, they practice. You have to practice being a Christian. You have tests and trials that you go through each and every day, and you have to see how you do it. If you don't do good today, you're going to get the same test tomorrow. Hallelujah. Can I pass it tomorrow? Can I be good to someone that's mean to me? Can I show patience and love? Well, we'll see uh, how we do. So we have to work out our own self. And you know what? When you're a Christian, you have to learn more every day. You can't just like say, I got it all now. You keep learning more and more each and every day. My friend who is in the pros and the majors, he said, it's harder to stay in the pros than to get to the pros. Because once you get there, they start studying and trying to figure out how they can beat you. So you have to learn new ways of how to hit and how to, you know, move the bat around so that you be successful. So true in Christianity. As you move up in the levels and, the, and the, the positions that God has given you, there's different devils and demons that try to attack you, different situations that you hadn't faced before, and you got to learn, God, what do I do in this situation? We have to be like David when he went, went to war. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do in this particular situation? 
And then you'll learn and you become what? A disciple taught of the Lord. Okay, let's look at this last, next to last scripture, Romans 8, 29. As we're winding down and heading for the, the stall as the horses, the stable. You ever rode one of those horses that you rent and when they see the stable, man, they take off. <laughs> Before you're trying to get them to go, come on, come on, come on. And then when they see that stable, man, they, they just take off and go like, where were you? Okay, look at this, Romans 8, 29. Whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you know that God wants you to be conformed into the image of his son? Amen? We're not, we're not imitations. We're not bad copies. We're not knockoffs. We're the real deal. The, the spirit that was in Christ Jesus is now in us, and we need to be conformed into his image. We have to act the way he acts. We have to touch the way he touches. We have to love the way he does. We have to have goodness and kindness in us as we meet and talk to people so that they say, truly the Lord is in you, and truly the Lord needs to be in me. Praise the Lord. So if you're disciples of the Lord, you have the same spirit as Jesus have. Whether you're in New York, whether you're in the East Coast, whether you're in India or China or Iraq, Iran, if you have Jesus, you have the same spirit that they have. Praise the Lord. So as you follow Christ, let's see this next last scripture. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And when I read this, I said, my, 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 I can't believe that this is really in the Bible. You ever, you ever say that? Can you really? Let's look at this one. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you desire, and it shall be given unto you, shall be done for you. Whatever. You got any whatevers? Whatever you desire. What, what's, what's the if on there? If your, his words abide in you, and you abide in him. So if I need something, what do I do? I get into the word of God. I said, okay, what's the word say? I want it to abide in me. So that, it, so that it will, uh, so whatever I ask. And by this, Jesus said, I get excited. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you'll be what? How many of you, we're going to talk about this for a couple more weeks on the, ex, the, um, the, the, um, partic the, the technicalities, the particulars of it. So how many of you want to sign up to be a disciple of the Lord? Jesus asked us to. See, you can't make disciples unless you are a disciple. We're going to learn how to align ourselves and get positioned so that we are disciples of the Lord and good things will happen to you. Amen? So let's close our eyes and pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to know that you are Lord of our life, that you're watching over us, and everything that we do, Lord God, you're guiding and directing us. We thank you, Lord God, that we are to be disciples taught of the Lord and great is our peace and undisturbed composure. We receive it, Lord, now. We receive it now from you, Lord. And we will be obedient to your command. Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all men. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.